The following is a production of SAK Digital Ventures. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, a place where you can sit back, relax, smoke a cigar, and talk about Chicago sports. Now, here's your host, Steve Cass. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, episode 43, week two Bears postgame edition. And it's not a good post game, as we might expect as Bears fans. You've reached the best place for cigars and Chicago sports. Let me set the scene. We are at The Place, 5236 Main Street in Downers Grove. We are sitting in the Cigars and Sports Chicago studios. The Place is a great place. It's a cigar lounge. You can hang out, smoke a cigar, relax. Come by and watch whatever sporting event that you want. You can watch the Bears game. We were watching it over there today. Um, You know, it's kind of a depressing thing, but you can do that. You can also follow us on Twitter, sometimes known X, at Cigars and Sports. And you can get the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, as always, I would like to introduce my joyful co-host and Bears fan who, after last week's Packers loss, swore that he would never watch a Bears game again. He then, of course, was at the place, 5236 Main Street in Downers Grove, Illinois, watching the Bears game again today, sitting by my side, smoking a cigar. Phil, how's it going? What are you smoking? What's happening? Uh, thought. Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, I, I'm back again. So it's a, it's a disease. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm back. Enjoying a little nub cigar here in the afternoon. And just trying to digest this uh, Bears team again. But uh, enjoyed the uh, game. Uh, just want to give a shout-out to uh, two of our resident grill masters, John and Russ, for providing a fantastic lunch meal today. So those of you who uh, want to try and stop by 5236 Main during a Bear game, most likely any week will enjoy something by our grill masters. So we had some phenomenal meal this afternoon. So shout-out to John and Russ uh, Gourmet and, tacos, very good. Yes, very good today. But back to football. Shortly before we get in and digest this Bears, I do have to give a little shout-out to one of the better football games I've watched in a long time, that Colorado-Colorado State game last night. You know, so far at 3-0, and Coach Prime is, uh, he's certainly talking the talk, but he is walking the walk, and it's a, it's fun to watch. i got to tell you, if you're a college football fan, that remin- that was reminiscent of the Bills' uh, Chiefs playoff game a few years ago, but that was a great game to watch last night. If you stayed up till one in the morning, to watch that double overtime pullout victory by Colorado. And that was a very very entertaining ball game. I agree. It was pretty back and forth. Colorado State represented themselves really well. It was incredibly chippy, particularly in the in the first half. And I thought at any moment some kind of giant. The fight was going to break out. Travis Hunter was injured in that game. We still don't know the details of the injury, but he's out, quote, for a few weeks. But that was one hell of an entertaining game. And with about four minutes left, you know, Shador Sanders just turned on the Jets and caught that team. They went into overtime. Um, they won. But that was um, that was a really, really fun game. It's just 
a shame that Travis Hunter, who, by the way, was a five-star plus prospect who originally last year had committed to uh, to Florida State, and then uh, Coach Prime was able to flip him to Jackson State of all places. Um, the guy's incredible. He's their you know he's their best wide receiver, he's their best offensive weapon, and he is also their you know he's also their best corner. And the fact that he's going to be out is you know a real bummer, particularly on that kind of play. But yeah, that was a, that was a hell of a game. So can we talk about the Bears though now, Phil? Because that's yes, we can shift to the Bears. I just wanted right. to uh, start to show off with a uh, sports <laughs> highlight reel there, so that was good. But let's shift to something a little right. more depressing, Stephen. I'll let you lead off on a little Bear highlights today. Phil, it was just seven days ago that Bears Nation throughout the United States was so optimistic, coming off a 2022 season of only three wins, but adding so much talent in the off season being promised that Justin Fields was going to improve into a top five quarterback in the NFL. He was going to be the next Jalen Hurts or, you know, Josh Allen in his third year. The Packers no longer having Aaron Rodgers. We thought that it was a new era. That new era ended about five minutes into the first quarter as they got a personal foul on the opening kickoff and then could not get a uh, yard on a third and one, and then a fourth and one, and then on the fourth and one, that idiotic tight end draw play by Cole Komet, and then they turn the ball over on downs, and then obviously Green Bay goes and you know goes down the field and uh, you know wins the game ultimately. But today, Bears today lose 27-17 at Tampa Bay, and just going over a few highlights, a few lowlights. By the way, um, I was going to say, before I looked at the score again, that at least the Bears were a better team than the Giants, who in week one lost 40 to nothing to the Cowboys, and then today at halftime uh, against Arizona, we're down 20 to nothing. But as I take a look at the scoreboard now, as we record this, the Giants have come back and tied it up 28-28, so the Bears still are the worst. But just you know, a few points from this game, and we'll talk it through a little bit. I felt like, frankly, the defense played well enough to win the game. They did not play great. They actually had no sacks, no turnovers, you know, no interceptions. But they bended, if you will, and did not break. It is true that Baker Mayfield had over um, 300 yards. From a point standpoint, they only gave up 20 points, which, frankly, in the NFL should hopefully be be good enough to win. Justin Fields was 16 for 29 for 211 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions, one very costly interception down by the goal line in the fourth quarter with two minutes to go, where he had his opportunity to go and win the game. But the story that ends up being told is they threw a pick on some ludicrous screen pass over the middle that got run back by Shaq Barrett for, you know, for a touchdown. Fields was also sacked six times today. Once again, holding on to the ball too long. I actually thought the offensive line protection was better today, although he got sacked more six times. 
you know, you look at highlights, DJ Moore had had a really good game today. He had six catches for 104 yards, so at least he got targeted a bit. The leading rusher was nothing much to speak of, Khalil Herbert, who actually had a couple of good, um, tough runs, one particularly good one that got called back. But, he, you know, he only ran for 35 yards. Fields evidently no longer runs because he only had three yards today. And actually, I would say, generally speaking, appears to be both losing confidence and regressing. You know, from a defensive standpoint, they actually did get a fair amount of disruptive pressure on Baker Mayfield, but frankly, not enough because they did not get home at all. They had zero sacks today and, you know, on the season have a grand total of one. You know, and Getze, I think once again, made some strange play calls, including, you know, that pick six that I mentioned before. And the other thing is, too, you know, other other than DJ Moore, which I just mentioned, no one else is really standing out very much. You, you take a look at the stats and you see, you know, you see some guys on defense that, you know, looked okay. We can take a look in detail. I mean, I thought Brisker, who missed uh, half of the game from being dehydrated, you know, seems to be one hell of a baller when he's on the field. He unfortunately dropped a pick, which could have been a really big deal in the first quarter on Tampa Bay's first drive. Um, but no one else is really is really standing out. So, Phil, I guess, what are your thoughts, you know, on the game today, first of all? Well, you know, you summed it up. I mean, I know you said while we were watching the game that the Bears' defense wasn't looking too bad. You did say something there that I noticed during the game, and that was the fact that there was no sacks. So, you know, when you don't have any sacks, you don't put a ton of pressure on the quarterback then, and he can get away with, you know, getting some things done. When you look at them after two games, the Bears are minus 28 in scoring as opposed to what they've scored and what they've allowed. Uh, they've scored 37 points. They've allowed 65, which until the second week is over today makes them the worst team in the NFL as far as point differential. Uh, that's not good. You know, it's just not going to get it done. I mean, they're averaging 18 points a game. They're allowing 32 points a game. I know it's only two games, but it's not going in the right direction. But as far as uh, what has really stood out to me, you mentioned a play earlier in week one, and that was a uh, middle screen pass to Cole Komet on fourth down, which made no sense against the Packers. And then Getsy makes another call today with a middle screen on their own two-yard line when they're only down 20-3 to three on a crucial, I mean, 20-17. They're down by three points on a crucial drive for fields. Those That's got to be one of the dumbest offensive play calls I've ever seen in the NFL in that yardage situation as far as where... Uh, Field stands, and of course, then he threw an interception to put an end to the game at that point through a pick six. But yeah, I, you know, Fields, uh, I'm sorry. I keep hearing the word yet. You know, he doesn't have a line yet, or he doesn't have this yet. Uh, I think we're running out of yets for Justin Fields. Yeah, I agree. Um, I know you've heard before the season started, you thought I was a field basher. I looked at myself more as a Fields realist. And I think the realism is starting to prove out. And I think every week it's just going to get even more obvious as it is to me, to maybe everybody else. But I think the Bears are in a bad situation. And our good friend at the place, uh, another great analyst of sports, our friend Ken, pointed something out that was really, really stood out. And, it, you know, he said after next week's beatdown by Kansas City, which I think is inevitable, the Bears are going to have to go 500 the rest of the season to end the season 7-10. and 10. Think about that. 
After next week, they got to go 500 just to end the season 7-10. and 10. So essentially, after next week's Kansas City beatdown, the Bears will be officially out of any possible playoff hopes. What do you think of that, Steve? Well, I mean, yeah, usually teams that start 0-3, there's very little precedent for teams that start 0-3 making the playoffs. You know, you could you could have a chicken or egg argument on that. Is it because you start out 0-3 or is it just simply because you um, – is because teams that are 0-3 suck? But I do agree, and it's terrible getting and, – and the other thing is, too, they only won three games last year, and they actually got off to a good start, if you remember – we're coming up on a calendar year without a win, which is really disappointing. And I'll tell you that it is true that for you know many months, I have been calling you um, a Bears hater and a Justin Fields hater, which I believe that you are, but that's okay. And I have tried to maintain this, this positive outlook on how things were going to work out. And they are clearly not working out very well. And the most disturbing thing about Fields to me, and I mentioned this a little bit in the open, is... Not only does he not appear to be improved to me this year, he appears to be regressing. There were a couple of design runs today where he couldn't even get a yard. And he once again, I mean, there was there was one sack that really stands out where, you know, he he you know he took a long drop and he's just and he had great protection and he's just standing there and standing there and standing there for I think eight seconds. There was at least one guy wide open and he just stands there until he gets sacked. And I just don't understand why. He, he just refuses to get the ball out. And I guess now I'll answer my own question. It's not, there's, it's not for me to understand. It's clear that, that he, he just can't. Like, he's just not getting the ball out. And it just seems like there is a processing speed issue where he cannot just take a quick drop and get the ball out. And he seems to telegraph his receiver so badly all the time. And we were watching that game today. You know, the amount of times that we were saying, you know, after a play, he was staring that guy down, you know, right at the line of scrimmage, you know, right immediately as the ball snapped. You know, he's staring a guy down. And the only way that he gets it out is if that guy is his first hot read and he just wings it out there without anything else going on. So it's just disappointing that he is not improving at all. And today, I actually thought the offensive line, despite him getting sacked six times, I thought they actually looked better than they did in the in the previous game. I just thought so many of those sacks were on him. He runs right into guys to get sacked. So, I mean, I'm getting very, very disappointed. You know, I know that obviously we're just going to keep seeing Justin Fields. I don't expect the Tyson Badgett era to begin anytime soon. So we're going to get plenty looking at him. You mentioned that Kansas City game next week, and I do agree with you. It's hard to imagine a scenario where they could win that, even though Kansas City is continuing not to really score for whatever reason. But, you know, Chris Jones is back there. You know, the, he had a, he had an excellent game today in Jacksonville as the Chiefs won. I am actually going down to that Bears-Chiefs game, so I'll get to see that beatdown in person. But I'm just really disappointed that Fields is not improving. Well, you know, as I look at Fields, Steve, I think the team and the coaches spent so much time, literally all of it with Fields in the off in the offseason, Training him to stay in the pocket. You're not going to be a consistently winning team with a running, scrambling quarterback. Not in the NFL. Not going to happen. They didn't realize that once they trained his brain to stay in the pocket, he wouldn't know what to do then. I think 
he has just spent his whole career winning with his legs, and he was able to pull it off at Ohio State because he had one of the greatest teams in college football surrounding him. He does not have one of the greatest teams in the NFL surrounding him now. And I think staying in the pocket is just so foreign to him, and it really, really brings out his flaws. And uh, I don't think they're flaws that are going to be corrected. That's just my opinion. And I just think he just does not know what to do in that pocket. And they, they, they handicapped him and handcuffed him and basically trained his brain. Do not run. Do not scramble. you got to stay in there. And he is just getting slaughtered. Like you said, he takes these shotgun snaps and immediately looks left or right. And just right at one particular receiver, he does not do much checking down. Yeah, I'm really worried. I, I think this guy, uh, and it's not just fodder or just talk to get an argument going amongst a bunch of guys at the cigar lounge. But I think this guy feels just, he's starting to prove every week. His his train's pulled into the station and he's he's not going to get much better. Well, the only time that he seems to be effective at all is when... The pocket is completely clean. And, you know, one thing that I would disagree with you on is that if you look at him in Ohio State, and if you go back and even watch that documentary about him, his senior year of high school, he's never been a running quarterback. I mean, he has athleticism and he can scramble, but he's never been a big runner. But if you, my God, if you take a look at the guys who he was throwing to at Ohio State, Chris Olave and, uh, you know, and Garrett Wilson, who, you know, playing for the Jets now, and, you know, some of these other guys and, you know, and the offensive line talent that he had there. I just think he had an ideal situation and he could hold on to the ball because I'm sure if we went back and looked at it, he did. And he was able to be successful because, you know, we were sitting there today. And again, remember that touchdown pass in the fourth quarter where on that drive, they looked pretty good. And he threw that touchdown to, of all people, amazingly, um, Chase Claypool. And he looked good. But the reality was he had no pressure on him whatsoever. And in the NFL, you're not going to have many situations like that. And the only way that you can avoid it is either have the best offensive line in the league or get the ball out in, in the maximum of about three and a half seconds. And he is just not doing that. So Well, I, mean, I think the NFL game compared to the college game is just it's it's a whole different animal. It's too fast. And I just think his brain can't comprehend it. And I'm not saying that he's not a smart guy. He's a he's a he's a very bright guy. But I just think he got to a level of play and it's just not clicking for him. I just think the NFL is too fast. It's too hard to figure out. The defense has changed. The coaches are generally outside of the Bears pretty good at coming up with schemes. And I just think the game has passed him up. I think it's too fast for him, and he just doesn't know what to do there. I'm, yeah, I don't. I don't know, and I know you're not really saying intelligent. I don't think it's, you know, I know, I know you didn't really say that, but to me, it's almost like he doesn't have football intuition. Like he doesn't have the yes. ability. He doesn't have the ability, you know, to just sort of move his feet and climb the pocket a couple steps and avoid the pressure. It seems like so much of the time he doesn't feel the pressure coming until, frankly, someone is hitting him. You know, he makes a ton of mistakes. You know, he had another bad fumble today and then he had that one snap that was slightly to his right that he uh you know that he should have had i i just don't know what it is but it's just that when the lights come on he just doesn't seem to get it done and i also mentioned this in the open it appears to me very clearly that 
he is losing confidence. And there were a couple times today where you just saw he just wanted to come out of the huddle, and even if it was one yard, he just wanted to get a completion because he just appears to not be as confident as he was. You know, I listened to him in the post game today. Seems to be lost. So um, you know, it's it's very it's very worrisome. Let, let's talk about. Let's talk about the defense for a minute. I don't know, you know, what you're seeing there. You know, just quickly looking at the stats, no one had a great game today. You know, Tremaine Edmonds can, although he's not, he's certainly not taking the ball away or making a lot of plays. The guy's out there in every snap. He's flying around. He's very energized. He had eight tackles, eight solos today. Um, T.J. Edwards again. You know, with five solos and, and seven tackles. He was he was pretty good. Um, I mentioned that I thought that Brisker, when he was out there, was really good. But it's like, you know, we need Yannick Ngakwe to do something. I don't even really remember him being out there today. Andrew Billings, 97, defensive lineman. He actually looked decent today. You know, he did actually, he was able to, to sort of disrupt and get some pressure, but once again, did not get home. You know, Jalen Johnson had, you know, had a good play today. Tyreek Stevenson had a good play, but, or had actually several good plays, but actually got burned on two different terrible plays, including that, that 60 yard play where, um, Mike Evans just pushed him down. If you remember that, that should have been an offensive pass interference. And then he ran right down the field. And I think that guy's going to be Tyreek Stevenson. I'm referring to going to be an absolute baller. He's sort of up and down right now, but just no one on defense to me is consistently standing out. Like I could go through the list and tell you like, Hey, Zach Pickens look good on one or two plays. You know, uh, Demarcus Walker looked good on one or two plays. There's a bunch of guys that that look good, but there was just no consistency and nobody that every single snap you were seeing them cause a major problem. Well, you're right. They're not disrupting anything out there, you know, per se. They'll do it in spurts, almost like Fields will get off a decent drive and hit a few completions for 40, 50 yards. Uh, and then it just breaks down again. And once again... Uh, Baker Mayfield has got to have some of the worst lateral movement of any quarterback. And, uh, you know, they could not get one sack on that guy. Uh, you know, that didn't look good. Baker Mayfield, you know, had a lot of nice passes when he needed to, a lot of third down passes that he had time to complete and keep their drives going, even though in the first half it looked like the defense wasn't bad because they kept holding them to field goals. They actually blocked one of them. You know, it just came in spurts that just wasn't uh, containable. They couldn't keep that thing going. And obviously, I bet the heat down in Tampa had a lot to do with it. It was something like 92 degrees with 95% humidity. Uh, The defense was on the field for a long time in the first half, and I think that certainly had a factor of wearing them down as the game went on. Yeah, and, you know, Baker Mayfield, 26 for 34, 317 yards, completion percentage of 76.5%, which is actually really, really good. Average completion um, per play, 9.3 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, and a rating of, passer rating of 114.5 and a QBR of 70.1. So really good game for him, and you got to give him credit. You know, and that, again, you know, comparing with uh, Justin Fields, who, you know, completion percentage of 55.2%, which is not going to get it done. Average per play, 7.3 yards. And that was better than last week of 5.8 yards. They got sacked 61 times. QB rating of, uh, or passer rating of 61%. 
QBR in the in the 30s. So uh, you know, not good on the season. He's got two touchdowns, three interceptions. You know, I don't want to go back there, but just he not. Is the, he, he is the Bears' leading rusher, so that ought to say something too, which is saying something that's not good. The Bears leading rusher, even though he had, and that's true, even though he three had yards. three yards today, yeah. Right. right. Um, but I, I don't even know that that's about the running backs. They've obviously been rotating backs, and they actually didn't seem to run the ball all that much today. But, yeah, I mean, he is their leading rusher, and, yes, got three yards, so not great. And, by the way, as I said that the Giants were down 20 to nothing at halftime, they came back and won 31 28. So, uh, so amazing. So let's look at the next game here real quick against the Kansas City Chiefs at Kansas City. Um, the Chiefs won on the road at Jacksonville today, 17 to 9. And, you know, they had some difficulty scoring last week. They've certainly got an issue with weapons. It appears that uh, Kadarius Toney um, has a foot injury, so we don't know if he's going to be in next week. Um, Eddie Jackson went down for the Bears today. We don't know the extent of that injury. Um, hopefully not terrible, but he missed the majority of the game. Um, and, you know, we'll find out what we've got there. But uh, what do you expect for the big uh, Bears uh, victory at Kansas City next week? You know, uh, unfortunately, I'm not even going to be able to see it because I'm going to be out of town. Um, I'll probably be on a plane traveling during that game, but uh, which is uh, unfortunate. I'm going to miss that. Maybe I'll figure out some way to follow it while I'm on the plane. But, There's this uh, thing I, called recording, too. You can right, record it right. on YouTube TV, and then you can watch it anytime right. you want. You can even record it and then watch it on your phone when you land. There's all sorts of technology these days. It's incredible. Yeah. I, unfortunately, though, my technology will be out. First thing I'll do when I get off the plane is check the score. So um, watching it then won't do me any good. But anyways, no, I don't expect uh, I don't expect much. I wouldn't be surprised to see him lose by 20 or more points. I wouldn't be surprised to see him not score more than 10 points. But uh, I, I'm really going to key in on Justin Fields now for the next few weeks just to see his demeanor, see how he carries himself, uh, and see how things are going to move forward. I, I really think if this pattern continues, it'll be interesting by week six, seven, or eight and see what the Bears decide to do as a team with him as a quarterback. If this trend continues... Uh, I think it's got better odds of it continuing than to see a uh, a gross overcorrection. But it's going to be interesting to see how the Bears as a team and coaching staff react with fields moving forward after maybe midseason. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that whether it is fields or the coaching staff, you know, the team has now lost 12 in a row. They haven't won since since last October. And at some point, if they just keep losing, you have to do something about it. I mean, you just can't continue to lose forever. And, you know, I don't think that we're at that point where they're going to do anything about it yet. Um, I do think that they will shock the world next week and come up with a huge win at Arrowhead, um, score 40 points, and, you know, easily beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, I'm not... I'm actually not serious, but you know I can. I, I'm at least going to hope for that right now, and I'll make a prediction as we get uh, later in the week. But it is interesting because they are going to have. Uh, and by the way, now looking at highlights, it appears now that Saquon Barkley knows why he didn't get paid because he's now hurt. But anyway, so it, 
it's just going to be um, it's going to be a difficult uh, it's going to be a difficult situation. But the Bears are going to have absolutely nothing to lose. So maybe they should just try to do some crazy stuff, man. They got nothing to lose. They're facing Matt Nagy. He's going to know all their weaknesses. Just kidding. He's not going to know their weaknesses. Um, he doesn't even know his own weaknesses. But but it will be interesting because to see if they if they do something different from a game planning standpoint because they need to just go for broke because they're they have very little chance of winning anyway so maybe do something creative maybe run some trick plays maybe throw the ball down the field a little bit because they do not throw the ball down the field really at all um, and I guess we'll see what happens so any other thoughts Phil? No, that's about it. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Let's see. Uh... Let's see what happens with the Bears next week. Let's see what happens with uh, my little leadoff story with Coach Prime, who will be facing a top 10 Oregon team next week that loves to put up points. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, and follow them this year and see how that goes next week for them. But uh, let's see what happens. You also got another big college game next week for those, especially with Chicago roots. Uh, you got Notre Dame facing Ohio State next week, which will be a very good football, college football game to watch. Uh, so we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll talk next week after some great football. And I know you love, uh, I know you love Coach Prime, and you can watch him tonight on 60 Minutes. I'm sure you've seen the ad now about 13 times if you've been watching um, CBS. But I would encourage you to watch it. I am definitely going to watch that as well. Phil, um, it's a short episode today, and as they say in baseball, a short game is a good game. So let's wrap it up. Thanks a lot. Let me. Oh yeah, I'm going to give the White Sox update. They still suck, and unless they go, uh, unless they go uh, six and eight here over the last 14 games, they're going to lose 100 games. I'm sure we can count on that. And we will talk to you next week. Uh, let's talk about football now that traumatic baseball is over. Over and out. We'll see you next week. Blossom, come on, under the willow We can have high times if you look back We can discover the wonders of nature Rolling in the brushes down by the riverside She's got everything delightful She's got everything I need Takes the wheel when I've seen double Pays my ticket when I
Yeah.